0: Welcome to Build with Hari Rao, a podcast by Get Ready Ministry. Let's receive today's word. Greetings and welcome to Saturday night with our Build broadcast. It gives me great joy to see all of you, to greet all of you and once again gather under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you are ready for the word of the lord today i am excited to bring god's word to you welcome to this life-changing series that we have been journeying and studying called the spirit life and today i want to go into a very very powerful subject in the spirit life domain i want to talk to you about the battle for your mind, the battle that is happening in your mind. We have been studying how the enemy operates. Last week I took time to tell you how he uses the passions of the flesh and the systems of this world to shape the flesh and the world according to his desire. How Satan is the god of this world and how he has taken hold of the flesh and the system of this world and how he is shaping them according to his desire, according to uh, his whims, according to the evil nature that he has. And today I want to take a step deeper, a step closer and explore how the enemy actually controls the world. Amen. So I'm excited to bring you the word of the Lord today. I believe you have been blessed. I believe you are receiving grace and you are growing every day. You know, it's not, uh, I've said it many times before that the minute we use terms and words like spirit and spirit life, it seems like a large section of the church just shuts off because they don't like this. terminologies like spirit and spirit life. And unfortunately, these things have been hijacked by the systems of this world. Certain words, certain colors, certain terminologies have literally been hijacked by the kingdom of darkness and the principalities of the world. So now when we use this in the Christian context, people are very uncomfortable. And it it is sad. We must reclaim what truly belongs to the Lord we must reclaim words that belong to the kingdom of God that belong within the vocabulary of a believer and the spirit life is one such a thing yeah yeah so we thank God we thank God amen let's pray and get into the word today let's pray and get into the Word. father I thank you for your goodness I pray that the people that have tuned in today will give me their 100% attention and their mind and their hearts and their spirits will be attentive to the word of the Lord. I pray divine and supernatural grace will be made available today. Lord. I pray for those who have had children in this season. I pray for divine grace and divine immunity and divine protection, O Lord, over the children, over the little ones. I pray the hand of the Lord will be stretched toward these little ones to protect them, Father. I pray for grace. Let no powers of darkness, no wickedness of the enemy, no arrows of darkness will touch these little ones, Lord. I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' most holy name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. If you have children, this is a good season for you to pray for them. Uh, By instruction, pray for your little ones. Okay? So we thank God. Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) We are going to go into a very beautiful part of this series. Let's start with the verse, okay? Let's start with the verse. What is the topic we are going to go into today? The battle of the mind. The battle of the mind. Ephesians chapter 2. We are still in Ephesians. I want you to pay attention to one particular verse or phrase. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go to verse 2. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Uh, if you can highlight, if you have a physical Bible, highlight that term. One more time. Wherein in time past, he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of of the air the spirit that is now working in the children of disobedience i find this a very fascinating description given to satan the prince of the power of the air oh a-i-r air not the prince of the power of the earth What's our topic? The battle of the mind. But in order for me to understand why there is a battle over your mind, I must also understand, I I must also explain what is the dominion of spirit beings? What location do spirit beings occupy? We see that scripture is explaining to us, the scripture is describing Satan to us by calling him the prince of the power of the air, which means the physical world, the the tangible world is not Lucifer's domain. When he was cast down from heaven and he fell down, he occupied a space called air. He occupied a space, a domain called air. The heavens and the earth, both belong to the Lord. The earth by... I I, I hope you guys are staying with me now, please, you must stay with me now. The heavens belong to the Lord, the earth belongs to the Lord, and the earth was given to Adam and Eve when he was put in charge as the representative of God. He was put in charge of the representative as, 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 an, as a representative of God. So the earth was given to man, but the owner of heavens and the earth is the Lord himself. So when Lucifer was cast down, he came and fell to a place called the air. He is the prince of the power of the air, which means he technically cannot walk and operate on the earth as human beings do in order for you to exercise any function on the earth please you 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 must stay with me now you must stay with me okay in order for any spirit being to operate on the earth for in order for any spirit being to function on the earth by requirement by design, there is a need for a body. Spirit beings cannot perpetually, forever function in the earth without a body. This is one of the reasons why the Lord Jesus Christ had to come and put on flesh. He had to have a body. Because you cannot walk the earth Without a corporal body. Yes. It's very important. Very important. Because without this one single truth, you will not understand the schemes of the enemy. Because when we think of evil, when we think of the the, the dangers the evil represents, the threats the enemy brings, we always think of tangible things, but the truth is this, he cannot, my God, he cannot come in the physical form and continue to remain in the physical form. At best, they may come for a short period of time, but they cannot exist in this dimension of the flesh as spirit beings. Okay. Is everybody with me so far? He is the prince of the power of the air. So there is a domain between the heavens and the earth where he operates in, that he functions in. It's a demonic realm where he is the Lord, where he is God, where he is the master. He has his rule, he has his way. But if he has to exercise dominion on the earth, if he has to have his way, on the earth, if he has to function on the earth, there is a need of a corporal body. There is a need for a body that has flesh and blood. Okay. Very important. It's a simple distinction, but very, very important. This is one of the reasons why Jacob could wrestle with the angel of the Lord. (laughs) The angel was clearly more powerful than Jacob. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One touch broke his hip bone. So it was not a matter of strength. It was not a matter of sheer strength and power. The angel was obviously more powerful. But it was a matter of the look. Where the fight was happening The location, the grounds Where the fight was happening It was on the earth And the earth was given to man So we thank God These are very important subjects Very, very important So now the question is If God wants to function on the earth If God wants to rule on the earth He needs a body and if the demonic spirits, if the dark world wants to exercise any authority on the earth, they need bodies. Now, the question you must ask is this. What is the extent of damage a body alone can make? I'm, I'm, we are going somewhere today. I'm, I'm taking you on a journey. When we think of demonic possession, we often limit it to you know, these uh, people that are having crazy manifestations in a church service. You know, they're rolling, they're crying, they're tearing their clothes, they're making ugly faces. You know, that's what we think of demonic possession. And, and, and that does happen. And there is a certain damage that happens because of it. If when a spirit totally possesses a body, it can even restrict bodily movements. It can restrict where and how the person can go in, to what degrees that they can go to. But there is a limitation. At at worst, the spirit can decide what happens to the body. And that's about it. And if the body dies, that's the end. But God and the devil know something powerful. That real influence is not in the physical body. The real influence is what happens in a person's mind. So the battle is not just over the body. The battle is over the mind that controls the body. Mm. Are you with me, so far? That's why many believers, born again, filled in the Holy Spirit, are still suffering. Their body, ay, 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 they they even can, they even made the salvation prayer. They had the baptismal waters. They went through baptism. They might have even got filled in the Holy Spirit. And yet, they seem to be suffering. Because there is still a part of them that is not born again. That is not renewed. That is not fully under the control of god that is not fully under the control of light there are territories of the mind that are still influenced by darkness so though my god your spirit man listen oh this is although the spirit of god lives inside of you in your spirit that is encased in a body and yet parts of you are in chains And yet, parts of you are in the control of darkness. It's because there is a part of you called the mind that is not fully renewed. So, a born again believer, born again in the spirit, can still be influenced by demonic spirits if his mind is not renewed. So, So the enemy understood, do I want to just occupy the body and there is a damage that can be done because of the body? Or do I come up with a strategy to target the mind? And if I can control the mind, I can control the body. Okay. So the battle is always for your mind and the battle is always in your mind whoever wins the battle of the mind will win or lose the battle in the flesh okay i'll give you a second to digest that because i have been you have to understand the enemy needs a body to function on the earth. So he can control and try to exert power over the body. Or he can come up with a strategy to occupy the minds of a people. And if if he can occupy the minds of the people, he can always control the mind, the body. The battle is always for the mind and the battle is always in the mind. So, the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind is the real beast that needs to be conquered. Yeah. The mind is the real force that needs to be renewed. I find this very fascinating. Okay. Let me, let me see, um, I want to show you the power of your mind. The power of your mind. Can someone help me find the verse where they try to build the Tower of Babel? Okay, I want you to find that verse for me and post it for me where one person says, let us build a tower. Find that verse for me while I share this with you. Look at that verse. That verse where the Lord Jesus said, if anyone, he said, in the law it was said that if any man sleeps with another woman, he has committed adultery. Okay. But then the Lord Jesus flipped it and he said, if any man has thought lustfully, he has already committed adultery. There was no physical engagement. There was no physical action or The physical component of committing adultery has not yet happened. And yet the Lord Jesus said, In the mind, if you lust after another, you have already committed adultery. In another place he said, If you are angry toward your brother, it's as good as you've already struck him. I I, I believe that's what it says. I, I can't remember now. But... I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. Why is the Lord Jesus Christ saying, if it happens in the mind, you are already guilty of it. Because he is trying to explain the action in the body is the final stage. The action in the body is the fruit of something else. The real action, the real seed, the real power is in the mind. So every sin, please, please listen to me. Every sin is performed twice. Once in your mind or maybe multiple times in your mind and once in your body. Every sin is first performed in your mind, the unseen world. And then, It is happening in your body. So your mind has already gone to a location, has already committed an error, and then your body shows up in that place. Let's read that verse, okay? In Genesis. Perfect. Genesis 11. Let's let's look at this. This is powerful. Let's look at this. Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we disperse over the face of the whole earth Genesis 11 saying and the Lord said if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this then nothing they plan to do will be impossible this is dangerous (laughs) a group of people came together and said let us do this Not a brick was bought, not a brick was burnt, no no plans were made. I want you to stay with me. No engineers came together and put a scheme together, put a structure together. They just came together and they began to have a conversation and God came down and scattered these people by confusing their languages. Why is this? Because when God looked down from the heavens, They were just having a conversation, right? We just are reading this conversation. But when he looked down, the structure was already erected. The building, the tower was already up. So when he came down, he didn't interrupt their mind. He interrupted the final stage of execution because in the realms of the spirit, their thoughts had already built the tower. Hey, come on Some of you are thinking, wait a minute this, Isn't God a little overreacting right now? Isn't God like uh, <laughs> Isn't this response too strong? No, 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 it's not strong Because in the dimension that he exists in And when he looked down In his eyes the buildings were done The tower was already built It, it was a matter of putting stone and brick and cement together oh god help us so the same in the same line of thought in the same line of thought jesus is saying if you have committed this in your mind it is already done you are guilty of your thoughts so there's a dimension child of god listen to me very carefully there's a dimension Where your thoughts are louder than your actions. Let that sink in. I said your thoughts are louder than your actions. I felt a shift in the spirit as I said that one line. Look at what the King David did one day. He was sitting in his house, his palace. He looked out. He saw the tabernacle. The tabernacle was in a tent and he's having an internal conversation. He's thinking to himself, he says, how can I live in a palace when my God dwells in a tent? I should build him a house. My God, I should build him a house. And immediately you see the Lord is now speaking to David. Because you have Thought this Because you have Concerned yourself Wait a minute But David has not done A single thing He hasn't Called the engineers He hasn't put money aside He has not Done any drawing Nothing Nothing He he hasn't even bought One single brick And yet The power of that thought Was so great That God rushed down to speak with him and said, because you have done this, the throne will never depart from your house. But wait a minute, David, ah, the power of your thought. So when David had that conversation and God looked down, he saw not just the thought, he saw the entire temple already built. God had to rush quickly down and interrupt David's thought because he had to tell David you will not build it your son will build it. <laughs> because if God had not come down right away and pronounced a blessing and given instructions David would have started building. So in the realms of the spirit the temple was already built. The battle for your mind ah the battle for your mind oh the thought you know many of you give generously to this ministry and i and i thank you for that i thank you i really do and every seed that touches the soil of this ministry will greatly multiply i can tell you that with great confidence yeah We are a ministry that has no debt, we don't operate in debt. Everything you give goes to the kingdom of Jesus. But can I share something with you? While there is power, when your money leaves your account and comes into my account or the account of the ministry, can I tell you the real transaction is not when the money leaves the physical bank account and comes. The real transaction is when your thought about it. Hey. The real transaction is when the Spirit of God moved your heart to do something. For the kingdom of God For the house of God You know You must have sat one day And said You know what I have really been blessed By this ministry I want to honor The man of God I want to send A a seed of honor That moment Even before you open The banking app Even before you put The check down No 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 That moment In the realms Of the spirit Grace was already released Ah this is a kingdom where thoughts are rewarded and punished. <laughs> hey, you didn't hear what I just said. This is a we belong to a kingdom where thoughts are rewarded and punished. Let me ask you this question, ah, Jesus help us. Did Satan Actually ascend to the most high's throne. He didn't. He didn't. But he said to himself, I shall be like the most high. Oh God. He never usurped power in such in, in that capacity. It's not like he physically went and sat on the throne. No. He said to himself, I shall be like the most high. And boom, he was cast down. Oh my God, help us, help us, help us, help us. So he was charged with a crime that he never saw to execution, that he never fulfilled, so to speak. This is, we are, uh, this God we serve. This God we serve. He's a God who not only rewards obedience, he's a God that monitors the thoughts, the imaginations. In Genesis chapter 6, let me read that verse for you. Genesis 6 verse 5. And God saw, Genesis 6 verse 5, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And listen to this. And every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only Evil. Wait a second. Every imagination of the thoughts of man were evil. Every ima- he let's say there were about 10 million people on the earth. I don't know, maybe five million people, I don't know how many million people were there. And yet God was monitoring every imagination of every thought of every human being on the earth and he concluded all was evil. Hey! <laughs> so not only that shows that God is all powerful and he's able to monitor every imagination and every thought but it also shows that it matters to God what you think. It matters to God what is your imagination. It matters, it matters, it matters. It is so important that he can observe my god are you are you learning something today why is this important why 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 is this important because the dimension that god exists in thoughts are real thoughts are not figments of that they're not temporal in nature they're not just you know for us thoughts are like imaginative like they're like temporary right they come and they go they come and they go they come and they go and we don't think about it no what what if i tell you thoughts are a fabric of your reality ah we could just spend time there we could just spend time discussing thoughts and imagination every action every empire Every medicine, every game, every movie, every sport, every building, every concept, every government, every democracy, every thought of life, every way of living was once a thought, was once a little thought in somebody's mind. Let me say something else to you, you are all living in the thoughts and imaginations of someone's mind. The car you drive was somebody's thought. The car you um, go around in was somebody's imagination. The building that you are living in, somebody thought that building. So you are not just living in that physical structure, you are living in the mind of that person. Okay, okay, uh, let's continue. I'll make this go faster, okay? Otherwise I'm going to get sidetracked and, and I'm not going to finish what I'm supposed to finish. So let's, let's, let's open this a little more. So the enemy understood, and God understands this of course that possessing a body, we can exert a certain amount of control, we can exert a certain amount of functionality, we can do certain things. But he realized that possessing the mind is far greater than possessing a body. Yeah. The possession of the mind is far more effective than the possession of a body. Say that to you one more time. One more time. The possession of mind is greater than the possession of the body because the body is a slave to the mind. Let me say that to you one more time. The body is a slave to the mind. Your body follows where your mind has traveled. Your body does what your mind has decided. Ah, So your body is a mere extension of what your mind wants to execute. Your body is a mere extension of what your mind wants to execute. And the body is powerful, don't worry, someday we will talk about the body itself. But for today, I just want to explore the function and the battle there is for your mind. So now, how does the enemy occupy the mind? How does the enemy possess a person's mind? Are you ready to learn this? Okay. The trick number one he uses is lies. Yeah, actually not the trick number one. That's his main trick. <laughs> lies, 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 The devil is the father of all lies. So he's able to have... Conversations with people through the medium of thoughts and imaginations. And he sends his lies packaged in thoughts and imaginations. Like thoughts provoke imaginations, okay? But he is an expert at selling lies. So he introduces lies into the human mind. And this has been happening for generations. This has been happening for thousands of years. It's not like happening today morning. No. So what he does, he sells lies. He makes lies look interesting. He looks, oh my God, look at it. How did he come to Adam and Eve? With a conversation With a conversation Have you looked at the fruit? Have you considered the fruit? Has God really told you that you can't eat from this fruit? Oh come on you will not die How will you die? You shall be like God Knowing good and evil Conversation Lies That come to you In a conversation And once Eve received that information, she looked at the fruit, but the fruit was different this time. The fruit looked, God, of course this is a good fruit. It's it's nice to look at. It must be nutritious. And it's gonna make me like God, come on. So he had a conversation with Eve. That information colored how she perceived the world because now she's not looking at the fruit through the words of God, through the lens of God, through the instructions of God but now she's looking at the fruit through the information she just received from the serpent and she looks at the fruit and it has changed the way she looks my God so the enemy has built an intricate and a massive system of lies, and he operates people, he controls people, he maneuvers people, my God. Look at what happens, okay? Look what happens, look what happens. In a moment of revelation, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, who do you say I am? do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter has a moment of revelation. Peter, Peter's eyes are open and he hears from the father and he says, you are Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus responds to him by saying, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father in heaven. The next moment, Jesus is talking about what he must do. And the next moment, Peter says, you shall not die. Oh, you cannot die, master. You can't do this. No, 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 no. And Jesus turns around and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Wait a minute. How is this possible? Two things. Out of the 12 disciples in that moment, Satan understood that Peter has light. Peter has influence. Peter is the one that God chose to speak in this moment. And the attack goes straight to Peter because wherever there is light, that's where the enemy comes. The enemy does not bother people that do not carry light. He he does no business with them. But the minute light came into Peter's spirit, he has to come there. He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If this is the Christ, this is all of this is happening. Let me use Peter now to introduce lies. So fast. So fast. Lies. Lies, lies, lies. Child of God, so much of what we believe to be reality, to be truth, are just lies of the enemy. Just lies. And he controls people through their lives, uh, through his lies. Have you ever questioned your behavior? <laughs> Have you ever questioned certain actions of your life? You don't. You know why? Because he sold you a lie, and you believed it. You believed it. Today we have, we have a generation that is not even sure of what they are. Can you believe it? I, you know, I don't want to say it explicitly, because this is a very public forum. We are young kids we have young kids we have children that are not even sure of who they are and we have systems of this world the governments of this world that are enabling this confusion it's a lie child of god it's a lie from the pit of hell so what he does listen to me carefully now he has a way of introducing concepts ideas through conversation but now let's go let's go one step further let's go one step further we know that he can't permanently function on this earth realm right which means that satan and his demons can't keep having conversations with you physically ah, now we are going somewhere <laughs> he can't that's why you don't see satan sitting on a piece of table across a room of lecturers no so what does he do he will find influencers he will find Who by divine grace and election Are positioned to influence a generation Or in some other cases He will raise people Yes Satan's kingdom He will raise people His own kings His own prophets His own charlatans And he will impart his ideas to them And they begin to Promote and propagate a way of life. They begin to have certain conversations. They begin to introduce practices. They begin to tell how this world must be maneuvered, how this world must be structured. And then, all those that respect them, all those that respect, ay, 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 ay. Imagine an award ceremony of one of these famous. Hollywood or Bollywood movies Most people can say Anything Okay, listen to me carefully They can say Anything And get away with almost Anything Talk about any lifestyle And they can get away with any lifestyle But they will not allow The mention And the utterance of the name Jesus Christ Hey Many people will come and say Thank God Which one? Why? Slaves to the system Under the power Of the God of this world Because the name They can even say the word God But the minute They utter the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess. So he has built a system where the name of Jesus Christ is not uttered. Are you with me so far? Are you with me? Please, it's very important that you journey with me today. Very important. Very important. You grew up... One person that you loved, maybe your dad, your mom, your grandmother or childhood best friend came and told you, you are ugly, you, you you, are not beautiful, and you were so young, and because this person is someone that you loved, because this person is someone that you admired, you believed it, and all your life you you grew up thinking you are ugly. All your life you grew up thinking you're not good enough because of one lie. My God. Maybe somebody said you're not good for anything. Maybe someone said you're fat. Maybe someone said you're too thin. Maybe someone said you are stupid, you are dumb. And you believed that lie. My God. So, can I give you an exercise? Something for you to think about, something for you to eliminate. It's a little homework, okay? Little homework. What do you believe about yourself? What do you think is truth about yourself? Is it really ordained by God? Is that thought? Is that belief approved by God? Did God really say that? If you investigate child of God, you will find that 90% of the things you believe, God didn't even say it. What lies have you believed? What lies have you believed? Let me, I don't think we have time today to go any further. But let me, let me close this with, uh, with this thought. Ah, man, we have so much, so much to cover. When we love someone, or when we are loved by someone, okay, this is important. There is a tendency for the human heart To believe everything that a person that we love and that loves us shares is truth. And the enemy knows this. So what he will do, he will bring someone into your life that you deeply love, that that person deeply loves you for a season. And in that time period, I'm prophesying today. At that time period, he will introduce lies into you. He will have conversations through this person to you that you will believe because it makes sense. And then that relationship will break off. The relationship is over. But 15 years later, you still believe ah that lie that was introduced to you that person is not in your life that relationship is not in your life that 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 feelings of love is not no longer there in your life you don't love this person you probably married somebody else and yet the information that came to you the lies that came to you it's still operating in your system ay 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 my god help us okay I'm going to share some things now and are going to be very dangerous and very bothersome. Some of you loved your parents so much and I, God bless your parents and God bless parents in general. They are beautiful. They are amazing. If you had a godly, Christ-like parenting, you are blessed. But unfortunately, in this world, many people, many grew up without godly examples, without godly influence. But you love them because it is possible to love each other. It's possible to experience love even outside of Christ. In that sense that, you see, somebody can be... A non-Christian family And yet the bond of parenting is so strong Somebody can be atheist And yet the bond is so strong I want you to understand something Please I'm going somewhere I'm, I'm trying to break something today I'm trying to show you something today Because you can experience love It's not God kind of love But you can still experience love Outside the confines of Christian living Of the Christian world in a sense so so you grew up, you loved your mom, you loved your dad, it was beautiful, it was powerful, all of that things you had. And maybe your mom died 15 years ago and you are a grown adult and yet your mother lives through you. She's dead and gone. Why? Because her mind lives in you. And if you're mother's mind was influenced by certain ideas. If your father's mind was influenced by certain ideas, your ay, ay, ay those ideas continue to live even though the physical body has perished. You continue to carry that way of life. You continue to carry those ideas. You continue to carry those concepts. And you continue to carry those lies. And if God doesn't interrupt it, if truth doesn't interrupt it, your children and your children's children may carry it too. Ah, That's why it's very dangerous. Very dangerous. Because some people... Ah, ay, 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 ay. The enemy knows this. Ah, the enemy knows this. The enemy knows this. Bodies are time bound, minds are not. Let me say that to you one more time. Physical bodies are time bound. But the minds that are there in those bodies, the thoughts and ideas and concepts and imaginations that come out of the mind, they live on. They live on. So, you are, you can get born again. Oh, God help us. You can get born again. Your soul and your spirit and your body Ah, you say, Lord, you are God over my body. You are God over my soul. You are God over my spirit. You are Lord and, and you are born again in your spirit. You can be going to a church for 10 years. But if you don't have the mind of Christ, you are still operating in the mind that your unsaved body and spirit had. Oh God, help us. Because the mind is the only part of our soul is the only part of our, of our DNA that is not instantly transformed. I wish it was instant. I wish in a moment the old mind was thrown out and the new mind was installed. And I know if that were the case, you will not retain any of your memories. You will not retain any of your uh, 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 of your, You will not retain anything If God were to instantly replace your memory You will not even remember the next person next to you So God uh, So God Cannot perform instant transformation on your mind He cannot So you have to collaborate With the spirit of God And daily excavate your old mind and discard it and install the mind of Christ every single day so the children of Israel let me give you maybe we can close with this okay the, the children of Israel 40 years uh, 400 years I'm sorry as slaves 400 years were made to be slaves and Moses comes Listen to me carefully. Moses comes and delivers them. They are no longer slaves. They have been set free. When they look down, their hands there are no chains. When they look at their feet, there are no chains. Instead of having, uh, you know, uh, like a tiny half a spoon of rice, they have a bowl full of manna now. Their children are free to run around and play. Their children are not picking up dirt and bricks. Their children are free. They are playing games on the streets on the way to the promised land. Their children are free. There are songs right now. They were set free. But while their bodies were freed, in the realms of the spirit, they were still bound. They left Egypt but Egypt did not leave them let me say that one more time they had left Egypt but Egypt had not left them and God looks down at them and says these are a stiff-necked people if I come down if I go with them I will consume them they did please child of God listen to me carefully now please It is not because their body was not capable of entering the promised land. It is not because they they didn't have physical strength. No, they had enough physical strength that their bodies lasted 40 years after Exodus. 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. So it was not a matter of physical strength. The journey... From listen to me carefully, the the physical journey, the physical journey from Egypt to Canaan to Israel is an 11 day journey by foot. The physical journey, the physical journey, I want you to pay this is this is gonna blow your mind. The physical journey from Egypt. To Israel by foot is 11 days but the mental journey from Egypt to Israel even a lifetime was not enough for them even 40 years was not enough to leave Egypt and to transport into Israel it didn't 40 years was not enough for them my god so they didn't occupy israel because their physical bodies could not walk into it god saw their mind god saw the contents of their mind and they said he said this mind cannot go into this land he said sorry i'm putting a limitation oh god in fact can i be honest with you it was not even god who put the limitation it was themselves They ah, Lord, help us, help us, help us, help us. 12 spies representing the 12 tribes walked into the promised land. My God. 12 spies representing the 12 tribes walked into the promised land and they came back with a report. And what is the report? We are like grasshoppers in front of them we are like grasshoppers. We cannot take them down. We cannot go there. We cannot occupy it. So the limitation, was it God? No. Was it Moses? No. Ah, Was it their bodies? No. What was the limitation? The mindset. They could not imagine a future in the promised land they could not see a life my god and for 40 years god allowed them to roam in the wilderness let me share let me let me let me share this with you so the outside wilderness like listen to me the outside wilderness until one point, listen to me carefully, until one point was a reflection of the journey God was taking them through. It was the point of transition. okay. And if it were the work of the physical body, the point of transition was only 11 days. It was a journey that God was bringing them through. Okay, please. But after that moment... At one point, when God brought them to the edge of the wilderness and in front of the Canaan land and said, Send out spies now. Let's go see what's going on. And then you can go take the land. At that point, God, listen, oh my God. God had already brought them to the edge and the end of their wilderness journey. And after that moment, when they said, We can't take the land. From that moment till they died, it was not God that allowed them to be in the journey. It is they who allowed them to be in the desert. It was themselves that was being willing to allow them to be in the wilderness. Please, please, please. So that wilderness that was there was no longer God ordained. That wilderness was what their mind allowed for themselves. So at one point, the wilderness journey ended for God. The point ended for God. They said, no, we want this wilderness to continue because we don't have the courage to take what God has given to us. I want to ask you now, what have you tolerated beyond the limit of God? What have you, what are you enduring? What are you putting up with? What are you going through in life beyond the point that God has already said no? Because your wilderness will exist as long as your mindset allows it to. Can I tell you, this is why I keep telling people, perpetual suffering is not God's will, is not God's design, is not God's intention. If you are struggling perpetually, you are in some way playing a part in that. Because God doesn't want you to live in the wilderness forever. No, this is where it gets dangerous because you are an active participant In the life you see around you right now. Ah, so much to talk. I haven't even gotten... Will you believe me if I tell you this? I haven't even... I haven't even gotten into the second point that I'm supposed to share with you today. So, what we experience in life is not a matter of just God's will. It's not a matter of God... It's not a matter of just destiny. What we go through in life we are an active participant in that we we are contributing to our life our mind is contributing to our life now i want to ask this question to you i want to ask this question jesus help us where did the children of israel get the imagery that we are grasshoppers, isn't that important? Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land, they saw the giants too, they saw the fruits, they saw everything and they said, we can take this land, yes there are giants, but you know what, there are giants because there are giant fruits. The land is able to sustain giants. That's how blessed this place is. The land is so blessed that giants can live in them. (laughs) These fellows go and they're like, we are like grasshoppers. Where did that idea come? Where did that imagery come? whether it was just themselves or whether it was demonically introduced to them, it doesn't matter. But they became a slave to that mindset and they lived the destiny, the mindset created for them. They didn't live the destiny God has for them. They didn't live the destiny that Moses had brought them to. They are now living a destiny that was created by their mind. This is dangerous. This is scary. Now, next day morning, after that decision was made, the mana continued to fall. The birds continued to fall. The pillar of fire was continued to stay. The cloud of glory continued to stay. And yet, that day was different for the next 40 years god remained faithful he continued to bring the food he continued to bring the bread so not the bread the birds he continued to provide and protect but that destiny they were living was a different destiny let me let me end with some good news <laughs> the good thing about our mind this is beautiful. Our mind is highly flexible. It has a capacity to renew. That's the beauty of our mind. Yes. It has a capacity to renew. It has a capacity for regeneration. It has a capacity for renewal Which means That new information Can be brought to your mind New understanding Can be brought to your mind New levels of thinking Can be brought to your mind New ways of comprehending And seeing and perceiving Can be brought to your mind Your mind is not without hope your mind is not without capacity to change. It's not like, oh, there is nothing to do now. Oh, we can't do anything now. Oh, no, 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 no. At every point, you can change. At every point, you can renew. At every point, you can access divine information, access access, understanding and leave Lower ways of thinking. Leave lower ways of operating. Leave lower ways of maneuvering in life. Yes, yes, yes. You can tell, you know what? I, I, You know what? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I know what my biological father taught me. I know what my biological mother taught me. I know what my friends and my colleagues taught me. I operated in that level at one point, but today I divorce my old mindset. From now, I want to operate as the son of God on the earth. I want to operate as the child of God on the earth. I want to operate as the one that is sent and called by God. I want to operate in the dimension that the word of God has called me to operate. So mind, get ready. We are getting new life. We are getting new information. We are getting new stuff. Tough today I divorce my old mindset, and now I open the Word. I begin to listen to sermons. I begin to tap into information that is right by the Kingdom of God. Ah, oh, it's a place where you can rejoice. Ah. You don't have to die in the mindset of your father. You don't have to die in the mindset of your grandfather. You can have another mind. You can have the mind of Christ. You don't have to die there. I, you don't have to do the same thing again and again and again. Ah, so, that's why it's important. That's why it's important what you listen to. That's why it's important what you think. We'll end this today here. I can see that there's fatigue setting in already. I could have continued with this conversation for another few hours. What I want you to do this week is monitor what you consume Are you really consuming the undiluted word of God? Okay, that's first. Second, monitor what your mind dwells upon. What your mind dwells upon. Dwelling is a very powerful concept. Some some cultures call it meditation. Uh, it is what you give your focus and attention over a period of time. That's when you dwell on a subject. Whatever you dwell, listen to me carefully, whatever you dwell upon, your spirit will develop it. Your mind will develop it. I give you a very powerful principle right now. Whatever you dwell upon, you will develop it. The nature of how we are made, the DNA that we have inherited, the way our mind functions, that if you give, listen to me, if you give yourself to anything, if you dwell upon anything, your spirit and your mind will develop it, it will grow it, it will begin to show you angles to it. You will zoom out, zoom in, go left, go right, go up, go beneath. You'll begin to see something from different dimensions. So monitor what you dwell upon. That's why you can read a verse 500 times and the six hundred time or the seven hundred time, suddenly you see a different light. You know why? Because your spirit is now dwelling upon it and is now developing it. I'm ah, going too fast, eh? And as you begin to develop, you will begin to define. So dwell, develop and define. Now you look at uh, one poster, you look at one poster while you're in the car. I know if it's just half a second, you forget. But the poster makes an imprint on your mind. It draws your attention. Now your car has gone past that billboard or that poster, but your mind is still there. So you're dwelling, you're dwelling on that poster, and then soon your mind will begin to develop. You will see yourself in the movie theater. You will see yourself uh, walking into the theater. You you will imagine scenes of that movie. And if you stay there long enough, you will define a day you'll define a minute, you'll define the hour and you'll take your credit card, buy the movie ticket and go for the movie. So, whatever you dwell on, you will develop and whatever you develop, you will define. It operates for good and bad. I just gave you a multi-million dollar idea. (laughs) If you guys take a problem and dwell on that problem long enough, your mind will begin to develop that problem. It will begin to see angles. It will begin to see different ways of looking at it. And sooner or later, you'll begin to define what's going on with that problem. If you have a business, take time to dwell upon your business. Oh, it's okay. We'll stop here today. Ah... We'll stop here. We'll stop here. I hope you've been blessed today. Uh, I will see if God allows us to touch this topic any, uh, any further. Um, but your mind is a very powerful force. If your mind is yielded to the devil, you become an instrument for the things of the devil. If your mind is yielded to the things of God and you become a powerful force on the earth. Let me pray and close this. Man, I'm so tempted to give you what I'm going to teach next week. Next week, I bring it a full circle. I have taught you five weeks straight and out of all the five weeks, Not one week have I actually taught you what happened at the cross. We have studied the spirit life without examining the benefits of the cross or what the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Next week, I want to take you on a journey where we talk about what The cross has accomplished for us. And when I bring that element into this, it will be like a super booster to your spirit because now you will begin to see. Because five weeks I have taught you how the enemy works, I told you how the spirit realm functions. And now I want to talk to you about how the work of the cross is going to flip this whole thing around. Next week, okay? Next week, next week. Father, I thank you for your precious people. I pray that they will learn to dwell on the things of God. I pray that they will develop in the things of God. And they will be able to define the things of God in their life. So, Father, help them. I thank you for those who have faithfully sowed into this kingdom. Ah, I see a very beautiful vision. I see some of your minds now ascending to a place of royalty. Now I see your mind ascending to a place of sonship. Child of God, you are no longer a slave. You are a son in Christ Jesus. So I bless you in the name of the Lord. Go in peace. Have a beautiful meal with your family. And while you eat, discuss the word of God. And re-listen to this word over and over again. Because this word has to get into your system. Okay. So the Lord bless you. May the Lord richly, richly bless you. I want to thank you for the seeds, the offerings and the tithes that you have been sowing into this ministry may the lord richly bless you god bless you take care i'll see you next week thank you for tuning in to this episode please consider sharing it and for more information log on to harirao.com.